the rivalry is back on. 1% better every day and 1-0. The set is the quarterback lined up behind center, takes a snap, going for a home run deep downfield, looking for T.Y. Hilton. Hilton makes the catch. He's in the 10, 5, doubles in the end zone, touchdown. Colts coming with pressure off the edge. Kenny Moore gets to Deshaun Watson. That's a sack for Kenny Moore. Kenny has a pick and now a sack in the game. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Bring the Juice podcast. I am your co-host, Derek Larger, and with me as well is Cody. Cody, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing well, man. It's It's been a while. Uh, it's been a couple weeks since we last did our podcast. I think right before, right after, rather. Um, it was right after New Year's, so it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, man, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Just working right now, trying to figure out the next step in my career and, and everything like that. So right now I'm just working at a place making money and trying to see what's next. But yeah, man, overall, I've been good. That's good, man. Glad to hear it. All right. So we're going to move on here. Uh, now that we're officially into the off season for the Indianapolis Colts, we now have another three months pretty much until the NFL draft actually three months and a week from today will be the day when the NFL draft of 2020 comes along. So be prepared for in the next month or two for Cody and I to bring out some mock drafts for the Colts. We're going to be doing a few of those before the NFL draft actually comes along. But anyway, we're going to talk about a few guys that, Uh, We're actually going to make answer a few questions that I came up with here. One talking about some players who are still on the team and some who have exited. And then we're going to talk a little bit about some names that the Colts could potentially go for in the draft. And then I'll ask Cody a couple of questions, see how he responds to those. And then again, if anybody wants to let us know in the comments, what you guys want us to talk about, because now we're, officially in the off season, it's time to start asking some serious questions about some players, some draft positions, things like that. We want to hear what you guys want to hear. So that way we can give you guys better content. But anyway, we're going to start with the, with two free agents that came out uh, at the end of this season. Uh, one being Anthony Costanzo and the other one being Eric Ebron. So obviously two different stories here. For these two different players. Uh, first one we're going to talk about is Anthony Costanzo, where we obviously know the news of he is contemplating retiring and not coming back. Uh, there's not a whole lot more to really talk about other than speculate why. And we're just kind of wondering the question of, and now I'm going to ask you this, Cody, do you believe Anthony Costanzo is going to stay with the Indianapolis Colts or do you think he's going to retire? Man, you know, it's it's a really tricky thing right now because, you know, on one hand, you have Costanzo saying at the end of, you know, at the off in the offseason last year, uh, man, you know, this is the best I felt. You know, you just turned 30 and, you know, bringing in Rusty Jones certainly helped there. Um, so on one end, you got to think, well, if he's feeling good, 
Um, you know, certainly why wouldn't he continue on? But I don't think, I think it may be more of a, just a, you know, if, if there's any player outside of Andrew Luck, um, who has careers and, you know, things outside of football that I thought, you know, could potentially be a player that could, you know, if that did happen, obviously it's a shock and it's just like, you don't expect a guy, especially, you know, a first round player in 2011, a player who's been, you know, a staple of your offensive line before Andrew Luck even, um, Man, it's just it's just weird because Costanzo, you know, he's a smart guy, Boston College guy. He's a guy that has a lot of interest outside of football, similar to Andrew Luck in that way. Um, so, so certainly, it's it's certain it's up in the air, and it's weird that that you could be potentially talking about your first round picks from 2012 and 2011 consecutively retiring in this in different in this in you know the span of two off seasons. It's wild to me to even think about that, and I mean. You know, it's just crazy to me, Derek, that this is happening. It seems like, you know, you know, give him all the crap you want for whatever. But, you know, Chris Ballard has not had it easy since he's come in as GM. I mean, you think about it. You know, he's had Josh McDaniels leave him at the altar, basically. You know, that, you know we, all, we don't want to relive that. We all know that fiasco that happened really after, really in Ballard's first year kind of with his own choice of head coach you know he his first choice basically leaves him hanging um and josh mcdaniels and then um you know you obviously have andrew luck retiring you know and, and now potentially anthony costanzo and it's just like things after thing after thing just keeps happening um and chris ballard has, has to endure it and it's just crazy it would be another blow and it you know, at this point, Derek, like, you know, I was a little bit surprised to hear that. But, you know, after having Andrew Luck retire a couple weeks before the season, really nothing surprises me anymore with this league. And so um, it's just it's just wild, though, to even think about, you know, you, you, we, if we were talking, you know, a couple weeks ago and we looked at draft needs, I mean, we did. And, and, and we didn't even have left tackle even remotely up there. I mean, um and that would just, you know, does, does that ruin your plans of potentially drafting a quarterback early like we talked about? This is probably the number one need um, to use that 13 overall pick on a, on a left tackle if Costanzo leaves. And so, man, it's just wild to think that, that the Colts could be losing two really, really talented players, two players who have been, you know, throughout the 2010s were, were very, very consistent, probably with some of the best players on the Colts. It's just wild to think about that, but. Um, you know, it's really hard to say, I guess, coming back to your question, sometimes I ramble, I apologize. Um, coming back to your question, you know, if there was one player on the Colts who I could see this happening, it probably would be Costanzo because of his outside interests, like I mentioned, outside of football. So certainly it's surprising, but you know, like we, like I said, Derek, you know, you've seen your star quarterback retire a couple weeks before the season, nothing surprising anymore. Yeah, and you pretty much covered all of it. I've kind of said my stance several times on numerous different podcasts saying how I have always been a huge supporter of Anthony Costanzo, him being a top five left tackle. You need to re-sign the guy, do whatever you got to do to influence him to want to play some more. But I'm going to leave it rest at that. But we're going to move on to the next guy who we know is already gone. Eric Ebron, the announcement coming on uh, Chris Ballard's press conference where he announced that they would be most likely uh, parting ways. And sure enough, right after, Eric Ebron was no longer part of the Colts. I guess the ultimate question is, uh, 
Cody, we, we've both kind of said how we haven't really liked what Ebron was doing this last year. But are you surprised that Eric Ebron is gone so quickly? You know, I'm not. Um, I think it was pretty obvious to some people. Um, I heard this in, you know, from different reporters and stuff that the Colts staff was not thrilled with Eric Ebron um, throughout this season. I know Andrew Luck, even going back to last year, was not thrilled with Ebron's work ethic at all. Um, and he still was able to get that out of him. I mean, <laughs> that's pretty yeah. crazy to me. That You know, that just shows you how good Andrew Luck is. But anyways, um, it doesn't surprise me on one hand because, you know, you know, just hearing that from the Colts and, and just kind of the player that Ebron is, I kind of always felt like there was something lacking in Ebron's game. And, and you know, this isn't the shot at Eric Ebron. Like he, he did, he had a good year for the Colts last year. And I mean, 2018, he, he was really, really good. Um, but, you know, overall, I thought that, you know, I, I probably would, would, would probably go the same way the Colts are going and not re-signing Ebron because, you know, he did really well, but let's face it, he was there for one reason, one reason only, and that was Andrew Luck. Um, and he's the kind of guy that just goes after the money, and, and he goes after the place where he thinks he has the best chance basically to get the ball. And, and so it's not surprising that he doesn't want to be brought back. And then, you know, as far as the culture's, culture is concerned, I always felt like, you know, the Colts preach this whole culture of accountability and you know, wanting to get 1% better every day and, and all that kind of stuff. It always felt like Eric Ebron was the type of player who couldn't handle criticism at all. Like you, you saw him go on rants on social media. You saw him be very, very petty on social media all the time. I mean, he would just, you know, he couldn't take criticism well. Um, and and you, you look at, you know, different players on the Colts. There, There's a mold in some of these players and some of their character where, you know, somebody, you know, you even saw it like with Darius Leonard when somebody would say something bad he wouldn't get insecure about it. I mean, he would just go out there and want to be better. And that's just the type of player that, that Darius Leonard is. It's never good enough. But for Eric Ebron, it kind of seemed like he was like, yeah, look what I did. And he never, you know, we know with the NFL, it's not a look what I did. It's more like, what can you do for me now? And so no, Derek, it's not surprising to me that both parties wanted to kind of part ways and mutually agree to do it. And I hope there's no hard feelings um, between Ebron and the Colts, but you know, it was very telling. I think, you know, when Chris Ballard is in his presser, um, you know, there's just different things you talk about. Like he's talking about Jacoby Brissett and he was talking about all these good things about what Brissett did, even though we probably know that he he needs to look at improving um, upon the quarterback. And so mm-hmm. and it was really telling because they asked him about Eric Ebron and he just flat out said, probably going to move on. And that was about it. Um, so I think that that's pretty self-explanatory to kind of how the Colts were feeling towards Eric Ebron. And it was kind of weird, Derek. I don't know if you remember, like Eric Ebron went on injured reserve and it was kind of like a weird thing. Like it was just like, well, he was hurt like that badly. And I think there's more to that than, than meets the eye. And it's certainly probably a a big reason why, you know, the Colts are Ebron, but no, no, I'm not really surprised, um, especially after hearing Chris Ballard and his presser. Yeah, I mean, you took the words out of my mouth there. So we're going to move on to the next thing. We're now going to talk about some draft news. So obviously with the Colts being having three picks inside the top 45, the puts Chris Ballard in a really good position. He can He can approach this draft in a lot of different ways, whether he wants to stay where he's at, he can choose to uh, trade up 
to want and give up some of those second round picks, maybe a first round pick uh, next year. Although I highly doubt he does that. That is still an option. And obviously trading a few picks with that, those two second rounders, he definitely might have some offers on the table with that as well. So now I think that the biggest names we should, uh, we should try to mention some of the biggest names for the Colts to be able to draft. And I think I'll go first with this because I had a few names that I, I definitely want to talk about specifically if we're going to talk about, you know, that 13th pick and the 34th pick as well. Those two are the biggest questions and what exactly every other team's going to do with those picks is another thing. So first thing, I think most of Colts nation agrees that we need to address the quarterback situation in the first round. Most of Colts nation agrees with that. Now I know that the national media has not mentioned that. I think most of the national media doesn't seem to think we have a quarterback issue right now, but of course it's the national media. What the hell do they know about the Indianapolis Colts? So we've kind of talked about that a lot over the last off season, but if we're talking about quarterbacks here, I think the majority of people come down to two names. When you think about it, it's Justin Herbert and Jordan love. And anyone that knows me, it's a, I'm a diehard Herbert guy. Uh, I love what I've seen from him. I've defended him on several different occasions on Twitter and on this podcast as well. I really like what he brings to the table versus what I've seen from love. But of course, you know, I'll probably get some hate for saying that as well, but that's okay. I'm always up for somebody to discuss why they think love would be better. Uh, And then just so, uh, just so we can kind of think here, uh, Cody, if they are going to go quarterback with that 13th pick, who would you ultimately decide you wanted to get? Yeah, we talked about this off air, Derek. So I admittedly am not like huge into like like pre like making mock drafts and stuff like that. I'm going to try to get into it a lot more this year. Um, but everything from what I've seen, um, man, I just feel like something that the Colts really need, and maybe this is you know since I'm not really big into like looking at the prospects, I don't admittedly know a ton about both of these players outside of what I've heard a little bit. Um, but I'll just pull up a stat here, Derek, that I think the Colts really need. And maybe you can kind of talk about which player you think provides us more for the Colts. Cause honestly, like, um, so the, I posted, I posted it on the 13th. Um, and some, I said, there's some, some telling stats on the Colts passing offense. The Colts are 26 in 26 out of 32, um, in yards per pass attempt, 28th in passing first downs per game, 22nd in passing yards per completion, 30th in passing yards per game, 21st in average team passer rating, and 21st in passing touchdowns per game. So they basically need everything. They were pretty low um, in about every category in the passing, especially what stood out to me. Um, you know, they just they didn't they didn't really get many yards per pass attempt. I mean, they were in the bottom bottom half of the league, mm-hmm. 26th in, in yards per pass attempt. Um, you know, certainly you could you could talk about the wide lack of depth at wide receiver for sure, but you know, quarterback obviously um 
the Colts just needed more chunk plays and they just did not have a lot of chunk plays at all. Um, you know what I've from what I've heard about Jordan Love, it seems like he's the type of player that can extend. I don't want I don't want to go to this to say he's Patrick Mahomes 2.0 or anything crazy like that. Um, but I certainly think that he gives you those type of, you know, off script plays that you saw even from Andrew Luck back in the day. Um, you know, a couple years ago at that my, against Miami, Andrew Luck makes an off script play and it's the play of the game. When do that football game? Um, I don't know a lot about Jordan, Justin Herbert. Um, I don't know if he's the type of player that can do that, if he's more of a statue back in the pocket. Um, but I certainly think the Colts need a guy like that who can really, you know, extend plays, make plays. You know, certainly none of these guys are going to be polished. I mean, besides what Joe Burrow, none of these guys are going to be polished, you know, polished the players. Perfect, and- yeah, the perfect prospect, right? Right. And I mean, if you're not going to get Joe Burrow unless you give up a lot, a lot, a lot, astronomically bad, how much you need to give up. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, but yeah, I mean, your guy that's that's Justin Herbert. What is your take on why you think he'd be a good fit with the Colts? Yeah, and I'll go into it a lot more as we're doing mock drafts. But when you look at Justin, he is the prototypical size that you want for a quarterback, right? He's six foot six and about 240 pounds, 237 if we want to be exact. So he's a big body kind of quarterback. And we all know that's a good thing to have when you're a quarterback. Uh, He's got a very tight spiral. When he throws the ball, he throws it with, with authority. And I love his spiral, just the way he's able to fit it through tight corners is very impressive to me. And here's the thing. And I know a lot of people are going to say, you know, well, he's not always been the biggest numbers guy, right? He, this last season, I believe he threw 38 touchdowns and only had five interceptions. So, you know, he had nowhere near the amount of touchdowns as some of these other quarterbacks had out there, but he certainly had a lot less interceptions than Some other names, I can give you the name of Trevor Lawrence, who's thrown 10 interceptions this year, and uh, Justin Herbert only threw five. And so he's a more polished Jacoby Brissett, in my opinion. Not a guy that is a huge risk taker, but he's very good at getting the ball down the field. He does trust his arm. He does have a very good arm. I think what Oregon did with him in the Rose Bowl game, and I look back at the Rose Bowl game a lot, And what I like is that he was used in the play action a lot. I think that would be great for the Colts system because of the way we run things. I think that would be perfect to have him in a play action, especially with that offensive line and our running attack the way it is. That could free him up to do a lot of things. And one other thing I'll mention is, you know, on top of everything he can do throwing wise, he is a he is a runner. Uh, he can run when he wants to. You look at his stats, Cody. He had no touchdown passes in that Rose Bowl game, but had three rushing touchdowns. And hmm. there were multiple times he had to break tackles and run down the field to get those yards. And he can do that. He he has the ability to get out of the pocket and make uh, a few yards off of his feet. And I know I wrote something about this in my article that I, I can't remember what award it was, but it was basically an award for the guy who uh, 
it's voted on by the person who has the best academics and volunteer work in their community and on field play. It's a perfect balance of all those combined. And who is the best one of those? It was Justin Herbert. So you're looking at a guy who is not only a, you know, he's a pretty well-polished guy, but he's a great leader. He's very reliable. He's very responsible. He's a very smart guy. And he's a four-year starter. He was a four-year starter at uh, Oregon. And I, I know a lot of people will say, you know, the numbers is what scares me. But the thing that I like about him is that, you know, Oregon didn't use him in the way that I think the Colts can. And I've seen what he can do. And that's why I think he's better than love. Yeah. And I think the question remains, Derek, you know, I'm just kind of looking at some scattered reports of love right now. Would you rather have a guy who's more like Jacoby Brissett doesn't turn the ball over a lot? Or would you rather have a guy, you know, I kind of, I always think of, you know, when I think of those type of players, I always kind of think of the Brett Favre type players, you know, yes, they might (laughs) make some boneheaded plays, but when they do the plays that they do make are just absolutely unbelievable Um, And do you have faith in your coaching staff and Frank Reich that I think one of the biggest knocks on Jordan Love is his decision making a lot of times. Yes. Um, He turns the ball over a lot. He trusts Um, his arm very much. Yes. Yeah. And I saw a scouting report that referred to him as YOLO ball. So basically just chuck him up and hope for the best. Yep. It is. Uh, The 50 50 balls, you know. But, you know, do you trust a guy like Frank Reich, a quarterback guru, you know? do you trust him with the, with the guy more who has, I believe, would have more physical raw talent in Jordan Love, but is more unpolished? Um, mm-hmm. Or would you have a guy that whose ceiling is lower, but, but is probably a little more polished and you kind of know a little bit more of what you're getting? I guess that's the debate that we're probably going to have to have throughout this mm-hmm. offseason. Yeah. Um, is do you take the and I think you know the Chiefs are a perfect example. I mean, who knew who Patrick Mahomes was really before the Chiefs took him? Um, and look at the type of player that he has developed into. And then you look at a guy, you know, maybe this is a lousy comparison, but you look at, you know, Mitchell Trubisky, for example, he's, you know, this is probably a really bad example, but I feel like he's more of the safe type of quarterback. Um, you kind of know what you're getting more, but you know, we've seen, and that's a really bad example, but <laughs> you know, you've seen kind of right. how that failed epically. Um, and again, it's, there's no perfect I guess there's no perfect solution here. You know, it could blow up in your face either way. Um, But I think that's the debate that we're going to have to have, Derek, over these next few months. And I want to do a lot more looking into these two quarterbacks. Um, And even, you know, heck, if the the injury is, you know, even though he's going to have a pro day, you know, if if Tua, you know, would would slide, is he even Mm -hmm. an option? Right. Um, I don't know. Um, it's just it's just something to, to consider. So that's going to be the debate what we have as we, you know, we're going along and as we're we're evaluating this. Um, but yeah, yeah. So I like this debate. It's going to be a fun debate over the next oh, couple yeah. months. Absolutely. And, uh, and some other players that we will uh, discuss later on, a bunch of wide receivers. We know we have a need at wide receiver and there's a lot of them to choose from. If the Colts decide to even wait until the second round to get a wide receiver, I think there's still going to be a couple wide receivers that the Colts can snag that are going to be good. But I think the one other player that I want to talk about quick before we get into asking you you questions, Cody, is uh, Javon Kinlaw, uh, the defensive tackle from South Carolina, where a lot of people have uh, stated that they want him at defensive tackle if the Colts are able to get him. Uh, he, he doesn't have the gr- most amazing of numbers when you look at it from a uh, sack production standpoint, but... 
wait, when you look at the game film and the athleticism and the relentless nature to tackle somebody wherever he is on the field, there was a play where they were playing Alabama and I can't remember whether it was Ruggs or it was Judy that caught the ball on the right side. Kinlaw comes off of the double team block, runs to the other side of the field with Judy about to break, and then he just clobbers him from behind. I mean, it's phenomenal the the relentlessness and the aggression that this guy has to make a playing, make a tackle. Is that a name that, you know, he may not be uh, the answer that we're looking for with production and sacks and defensive tackle wise, but is that a guy that you could see Ballard going for that has the relentless nature to take somebody out the kind of the way that Darius Leonard does? It is. Yeah. It is a type of player that I would definitely see Chris Ballard being very, very tempted to take there at 13. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, and you talked about, you know, his, you know, it'd be a lack of production. I mean, it's not like he doesn't have the tools to be a very good pass rusher in this league. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I believe he has all the tools in the toolbox. And um, I think it's just more of, you know, developing and refining those moves, um, you know, and, you know, he's like you said, I think you'd rather have a guy who's a little bit more, you know, I won't, I want to say unpolished, but I think that's kind of the word that you think of um, who has that relentless nature, who you can teach those things. I mean, those, that, those, all those things for him are very teachable. Um, and you know, I don't know, does, does he play the three, would he play the three technique? Do you think? Uh, yes, he would, he would play the three yeah. technique. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, that's certainly one of the top positions and Chris Ballard even talked about, that's one of the top positions that's going to need to address in the off season. Um, so I certainly think that that could be a guy in play. If you don't like one of those quarterbacks, if you think you can get better value, you know, in the second round or however you do it. I definitely think that could be a guy that's in play. Um, and I think that's, a, that fills a position of need. One of the bet, you know, if you believe he's one of the best overall players on your board, I mean, certainly I think that that could be a guy that could follow the Colts at 13. I think he's a really, really good player. Um, you know, he, he's really powerful too, which I think is really mm-hmm. big. Um, when you're, when you're and, six foot two, six foot three, 300 pounds, and you can run the way he does, it's actually yeah. phenomenal just how quick and how powerful that guy is. Yeah. I'll read a little thing from the draft network about his upper body strength. It says he bench presses everyone he faces his ability to rip opponents away from his frame with one arm and can long arm and sustain leverage against the biggest offensive lineman he faces, which I mean, that's something that the Colts would love to have <laughs> yeah. on their defensive line. Uh, ragdoll ability when he centers his hands on the chest plate. When his hands are located correctly as a pass rusher, regularly breaks his opponent's grip and can yank himself into the backfield with a violent and unstoppable push-pull. Is lacking for nothing here. Blue chip trait. So that is definitely the type of player that Chris mm-hmm. Ballard wants to get. It's a bummer that he has to address the quarterback position because that would be a player that would be absolutely yeah. insane. In <laughs> I think that most system. people would say if the Colts didn't urgently need a quarterback, then Ken Law would be the first one that we probably would take. Yeah, absolutely. And he could still be. You never know. Yeah, never Chris know. Ballard loves his loves his uh, blue chip talent. So um, I definitely think he could be a player that could be in play um, if, the, if the Colts don't like a wide receiver or a quarterback that's sitting there at 13 or around 13. Yeah. All right. So we're going to end this one with three basic questions for you. Uh, you can okay. answer them to the length that you like. 
But here's the three questions. So question number one, will the Colts move up in the draft to get a quarterback? Ooh, this is a really, really good one. Oh, my gosh. No matter what I answer here, someone's going to be mad in the comments. Uh, yeah, I think, but I think you know which <laughs> one is going to get you more anger than the other. <laughs> you know, I'm going to say, I, I'm probably going to say the one that angers people. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say the Colts are going to trust what they have at 13. Should they? Well, that's another debate that we should have. Um, but, you know, I think ultimately, Derek, this is such a tricky question because say the Colts fall in love with with Tua and they want to trade up for him. I mean, they have the draft capital to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just, I guess I've never seen Chris Ballard trade up in a draft in the first round. So I just, but I get, again, everything's different now without Andrew Luck. So, you know, I, it could be, he could, he really could. Um, but just seeing the Colts philosophy and the, and the love they have of their picks. And I mean, they have some pretty high second round picks there. It would just be hard for me to see that, but. You know, I've I've seen crazier things happen. So I'm going to go no there, but gotcha. I don't know. It's a toss-up for me. Yeah, and, and like most people have Tua being projected to be number five with the Miami Dolphins. Some have Carolina p- taking a quarterback. Some people have the Chargers taking a quarterback. It, it really does make a difference. I'm sure Chris Ballard will be listening to what everyone else is thinking of doing and then might make a move depending on the mood of the other GMs. Well, guess we'll just have to see. All right. Next question that we have, if I can get this thing up. All right, there we go. Will the Colts draft a defensive tackle before drafting a wide receiver in 2020 draft? Yes, they will. And for one reason, I think the Colts have invested more into the wide receiver position, at least in their minds. I mean, they drafted Paris Campbell in the second round um, last year, and I think they're pretty high on him. You know, you could bring back Devin Funchess, and you could go get a guy there, second, third round, I believe. Um, but I think that you could definitely – and it's a deep wide receiver class also, I forgot to mention. Mm-hmm. it's probably That's probably one of the deeper positions in this draft. And so I certainly think that the Colts should probably – draft a defensive tackle they probably will um just because you can get more quality players later on in the wide receiver position as opposed to the defensive tackle position so i'm gonna say yes gotcha all right and the big one and it's the last one here will jacoby Brissett be the starting quarterback come week one of next season this is gonna make fans mad but i i gotta say Yes, I think he will. Now, it remains to be seen, will he be the starter throughout 2020? Uh, you know, that that's really that's really up for debate. But, you know, I think even if you draft a guy, um, I think you could play it similar to how Kansas City, when they drafted Mahomes, I mean, he sat behind Alex Smith. Folks forget, he sat behind Alex Smith for an entire year um, and then took over the reins after that season. So um, I think I think, yes, I think Jacoby Brissett will be the starting quarterback. I think that the Colts like Jacoby Brissett enough um, where the Colts don't feel like he's – the Colts feel like he's a serviceable quarterback, and they probably think better than that, honestly, about Brissett. Um, But I'm going to say yes, you know, because you got to give that guy a little bit of time to develop. Um, That's kind of what it seems like some NFL teams are doing now with that. So I'm going to say yes on that one. What's your thoughts on that one, Derek? Um. 
See, it's still way too early for me to be definitive. And just remember, people, right. <laughs> that we're, we're just we're guessing at this point. We're not 100% oh, yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. I think that ultimately it depends on who we draft. If we hmm. do indeed draft a quarterback and it's not named Herbert or Tua, then I say yes. If it's Herbert or Tua, then I say no. That the reason okay. why is because those two are the more polished ones. They're sure. more of the people that will come into the system right away and adapt a lot quicker. I think that Jordan Love and Jacob Eason are the other two that I could see sitting back on the bench for a little while. And whether they come in next season, whether they come in a few games into the season, whatever that case may be, I just think it ultimately depends on which quarterback they ultimately draft. Yeah, and again, that I, I was under the assumption of the Colts draft a quarterback at thirteen. Um, if they do draft a quarterback at thirteen or earlier, then I'd probably that 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 would be my basis for saying, um, you know, Jacoby Brissett probably will be your starter to start out, but I could definitely see him, you know, the young guy getting a chance there in twenty twenty if Brissett continues uh, off of his kind of really abysmal second half of twenty nineteen. Right. So. Uh, yeah, I, that's tricky. It, you know, it is. There's a lot of factors that determine this. And again, we have no idea at all. Yeah. We are just. I got to remind people that, like, just because it's mock draft season does not mean anything yet. We are still three months away. We haven't seen the Senior Bowl yet. We haven't seen any of these early workouts yet. We haven't seen the NFL Combine. We haven't seen a lot of this other stuff. So. Just understand that, you know, a lot of things can happen over the span of three months, especially at this time of year. So just give it a little bit more time. These are all just it, it just exceptions at this point. <laughs> it, it seems like there's always a draft crush every year that like a bunch of Colts fans get on board with and the Colts yep. like never draft that guy ever. And it's Jordan Love. Um, That's the one. That's Jordan the Love. one. It, it is. That's it's the one. It's Jordan Love. It's everyone's. It's most people that I see that are wanting us to draft a certain person. It's yeah. either Kinlaw or it's Jordan Love. It's basically those two. Um, I remember I remember ever since Chris Ballard was was the GM 2017. I remember it was Mason Foster, no, not Mason Foster, Ruben Foster. Mm-hmm. I remember he was a big guy back in the day. That I mean, I think he's like in jail now or something like that. That was not. <laughs> well, a, a uh, great I pick. don't know if he's quite in jail, but I don't remember if he was still on the roster for the 49ers. I think they cut him, even yeah, though he got him some incident. No, well, ultimately it was because his girlfriend uh, made up a story of him beating her, uh, beating her up and raping her. She oh, made seriously? up the story. Wow. Yeah, she made it up. Oh my yeah, gosh. there, there's so, no crim- he- other than the uh, it, whatever it was that got him knocked in that first round to begin with. I think it was the weed issue. Yeah. Uh, he failed a drug test oh. right before the combine. Uh, that was his big issue, but. Other than that, you know, he doesn't have a whole lot of long criminal history other than just being dumb with drugs. But, you know, yeah, that's that's pretty much the story of that one. But you're right there. That was a guy that, you know, was in the mix for the Colts to possibly want to take. I think if it wasn't for the stupid, if it wasn't for the stupid drug issues and the fact that he 
has a little bit of a concussion history. I think that ultimately just kind of set him over the edge. Yep. 2018 was Bradley Chubb. I remember that. Um, yep. <laughs> I don't think we thought, or maybe we thought Bradley Chubb might fall to the Colts. You take him, you get a pass rusher. Yeah. Um, if he doesn't fall, then you take, you take Quentin Nelson. I think that was the whole consensus. Um, mm-hmm. And there was some debate about Saquon, I remember, back in the day. When I was wanting Quentin Nelson the day of the draft, I was actually wanting mm-hmm. him. Uh, I didn't know much about Quentin before that, but when then when Denver picked before us, there was a lot of people wondering, oh, will Denver take Quentin Nelson because they need an offensive lineman as well? Uh, mm-hmm. Best investment ever. Best investment yeah. ever by Chris Ballard. Crazy. He drafted two all pros in the same draft. That's wild. It's crazy. Um, Isn't it crazy to to think? Can you remember? Here's the thing. Quentin Nelson has over 2000 snaps on the year or on uh, the last two years. He Mm -hmm. has not allowed. He did not allow a sack this year. He allowed two sacks in over 2000 snaps. (laughs) Are you serious? That man is phenomenal. I mean, it's unbelievable just how good he is. And he said that this offseason, I'm going to take the time to get leaner. Like, <laughs> I need to get leaner because I, I, I was out of shape a little bit this season as well still. I was still, you know, dragging a little bit on certain times. I'm like, dude, you get leaner and you get more powerful? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my god, oh my god. Dude. <laughs> nfl please watch out protect your defensive tackles please oh my god. that you know if costanza stays man that left side is still absolutely from insane. the left side all the way to the center position because ryan kelly is still amazing quentin nelson ryan kelly yeah so <laughs> And then, uh, then you got then you got Mark Glewinski, and that's a different story. But <laughs> I did mention how I did a mock draft thing, and I said that in the I think it was the third round that I said that we should address that right guard spot. Yeah, that's pick smart. up somebody. There's, Ooh, there's one, a one. couple of uh, there's a couple of decent offensive mm-hmm. linemen in the uh, in the draft still in the third round that could definitely yeah. be picked up. I heard about um, I don't know they might let him walk maybe uh, the guy from Washington Brandon Sheriff. I oh think yeah, I didn't that would be a that. great investment. You know, then you then your offensive line man. You know, yeah, like that would be nuts. But that's oh, a different yeah. podcast for a different time. Yeah, absolutely, but, man. Oh, All right, so fun. looks like that's going to be it for us guys. Sorry we rambled on at the end of that, but we're going to continue fine. to talk more draft news here yes. over the next couple months. Uh, that's going to do it for bring the juice podcast. Cody, do you have any final words? No. One thing I forgot to mention was, man, it's been, uh, I didn't mention on the last podcast, but now it's been officially over a year. Um, since I started this podcast, I remember starting it after the Colts won that wild card game against the Texans last year. And so, um, crazy. It's been over a year now. It's been really awesome. Appreciate you guys' support. It's been crazy to see, man, how this podcast has kind of grown a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know how many subscribers we're at now, but I mean, dude, it's been phenomenal. And I just want to say thank you to each and every one of our listeners. You guys are awesome. We really appreciate you so much. Mm -hmm. Um, And we continue to, we want to continue to produce great Colts content and we can only do that with your guys' love and support. So 
Um, thank you guys from the bottom of our heart. Thank you. Yep. Thank you guys. All right. That's going to do it for us. And as always, guys, go Colts.